ladies and gentlemen, in a world filled with pandemics and strife, two people came together to review films. Without further ado, I give you Crown and Coogler. Get real with Lisa Crown Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We are back with our movie reviews for Crown and Coogler. Today, we're going to be talking about some stuff where we had a little fun this week, Ryan, right? Yeah, uh, we've been getting a little dark, so I thought it'd be fun to kind of lighten it up a little bit with at least two of these. Right. All right. So we're going to kick off our first movie that we watch. And again, thank you for keeping me accountable to just space out and escape from uh, my busy, crazy world into just kind of watching some stuff. And so our first thing that we watched together that we both had on our assignments for the week was uh, The Lovebirds, which is top on uh, Netflix. So give us some color about this thing. Yeah, so Lovebirds, um, not the deepest movie, not the most, yeah. Um, Okay, you're giving me a look. Um, So this is actually, it's funny. So I'm not a romantic comedy guy, as you know. Um, I think I've liked three or four in my life. I would say that Say Anything, Chasing Amy, and maybe Knocked Up are probably the best. Um, But a few years ago, there was a movie called The Big Sick that was really good, and the director and star went on to make this movie, The Lovebirds. So I was I was looking forward to it because The Big Stick is really good and it's really smart and it's a good romantic comedy. I don't know that this one is, but anyway, so this was supposed to come out again right around April. It was going to be in the theater. We had seen the trailer many times leading up to COVID and I was like, yep, nope, not seeing it, not paying for it, not doing it. But then when they decided to go the Netflix route, I figured, okay, for free, I'm going to watch this. I do like the cast. And wow, I watched it last night. And while it has moments, and I feel like the two leads kind of have chemistry, and I giggled a little, it's not that great. And I feel like if I paid to see it in the theater, I would have been pretty bummed out. Um, The guy that I was referring to, Kumal Najiani, I think he's really funny. I think Issa Rae, who's in it with him, is funny. They're funny together, but the material in this movie I thought was just beneath them. And man, it was a quick 85 minutes, but it just, there was nothing there, there. And it kind of ambled along and yeah. What did you think? (laughs) I uh, feel like, I feel like uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like I was like, oh yeah. And then yeah. And I was going to say that and agreed. So for me, I'm a huge rom-com. And by the way, Rom-com means romantic comedy, for those that didn't know, because um, I learned that from Ryan, so I, <laughs> so I can appreciate, um, you know, the, the meaning of rom-com. So thank you for that, Ryan. What I will say is, though they, that there were some pieces or some parts, there was a disconnect, in my opinion, to them. I didn't see the chemistry. It was very few and far between. I don't love very unrealistic stuff when I'm watching a rom-com, right? Like I cannot relate to getting kicked in the chest by a horse. That like would not happen. You know what I mean? Like I just, some of that takes it to be a little bit naked gun 33 and a half to me. And so, which is, you know, a legendary movie and everybody loves it. But a little bit of that vibe of like, come on, you know? Um, I, I was downloading my to-do list in my head, which is always the cue that they lost me. Uh, started to look at my phone, kind of had it in one ear, but I couldn't wait for it to be over, Ryan. I'm like, 
please stop anytime soon. So let me ask you this. Would you rather watch this again or would you rather have um, hot whatever thrown in your face? Oh. <laughs> yes, oil. Oil's the word I was looking oh, for. Oil. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my God, that was hilarious. Um, yeah, ooh, that's that's a toss-up, Ryan. You got me there. Um, might, might go with the horse in the gym. <laughs> yeah, so again, I mean, I... This movie isn't good, but I did honestly giggle several times throughout. Some of the dialogue made me laugh. The eyes wide shut kind of scene made me laugh. So I was in the mood for a mindless 85 minutes and I for sure got that. Yeah, I was gonna say, if anybody listening to the podcast right now wants to watch a dumb rom-com that just can get you completely like, you don't really need a lot of brain cells, this could be your one. Um, but I, 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 you know, I feel like I got to take something back. I don't think the chemistry was there, but then they also kind of weren't going to be together. So it kind of worked a little bit in the characters, but the acting was just struggling. Um, yeah. So let me ask you a question. Um, out of all of the rom-coms you've watched in your life where would this be placed i i feel like i haven't seen all the essential ones that i should see but i mean i've seen a decent amount it's lowish um i mean to me like it's not sarah jessica parker it's not j-lo like it's not at that level it's not sandra bullock that would be the bottom of the barrel for me personally and then like the judd apatow movies would be at the top so that would be like 40 year old virgin knocked up super bad maybe that's more like raunchy comedy than traditional rom-com this would be on the lower end of the spectrum I, again i thought it was a quick easy sit it could have been better and i'm glad i didn't pay to see it in the theater you think j-lo movies are at the bottom oh yeah okay it's so i love j-lo i absolutely yeah. love her i don't know that i love her in the movies but i mean talk about a triple threat Owns her own restaurant, owns clothing lines, sings, dance, performs, even acts. See, they always say, be careful about being a jack of all trades because it's hard to master. I feel like she has mastered so many great things. And I also love her story because you know me, I'm into trans, I'm into people transforming and I'm interested in watching somebody who is a struggling actress trying to get on, you know, um, what's it called? Um, color, what's it? In Love and Color, thank you. And that, <laughs> and that she made it, you know? I just, I would back off the movies. I agree with you, but I do love her. Oh yeah, major props to J-Lo. And I honestly probably have never seen a J-Lo rom-com. I'm going off of like trailers and just the stuff that I'm into and whatnot. She actually was in a movie called Out of Sight with George Clooney. That was a crime drama, kind of a Pulp Fiction thing. And she I was great. That. So I, she I don't great in that? She's great in that. So I don't I mean to diss the J-Lo. I'm just not a rom-com guy, but I would probably put this somewhere between the bottom and the middle. Okay. All right. Let's move on on that note to you watch a new one, which we love hot off the press. He's probably the first one who's seen it. Um, you saw Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure on the comeback. Give us a little color on that. Yeah, so I grew up, I mean, I'm a child of the 80s. I'm a child of Los Angeles. And Bill and Ted were icons in that period. Um, the first movie, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, came out in 1989. I saw it often. I loved it. Two years later, they put out a sequel, not quite as good. 
Um, and now it's 29 years since the last one. I guess somebody figured it's time for a new Bill and Ted. No 29 way. years. Yeah, part two was released in 91. So we just got Bill and Ted face the music. And Bill and Ted are no longer, you know, 18-year-old wackos. They're 50-something wackos. And <laughs> it's super fun. So my son Travis and I, we actually did a marathon over the last week. He had never seen any of them. So we watched the first, second, and ended it with the third. And it was really no fun to revisit the older ones. The new one's good. It's cute. I mean, it's dumb. It's Bill and Ted. It's these, you know, slacker guys in their 50s trying to save the world by coming up with the perfect metal song that they need to compose on a certain day at a certain time so that the world doesn't end. You have time travel. You have old school references. You have, you know, cameos by famous musicians. Um, this time their daughters are involved. So you kind of get like the Bill and Ted as girls now rather than as guys in the 80s. So that's kind of fun. And again, you know, it's dumb. It's goofy. It's a quick 85 minutes. Another movie that was supposed to be in the theater. I think this was, you know, supposed to be kind of a big summer release that people were excited about. Um, it is playing in theaters in areas where movie theaters are open. They're not open in California yet or New York, but it is in movie theaters. And then it's also on demand for the folks that can't access a theater. So this was a $20 rental. I think you have to be a fan in order to spring for it. But if you took, you know, a family of four or five to the theater, that could cost you $70, $80. Um, if you're a fan of Bill and Ted, if you're a fan of 80s comedy, slacker humor, you could do worse. I enjoyed it. Now, are they the same directors and producers that did the original one? So I actually think that the, the two guys wrote it. I can't think of their names, but they wrote all three. I think each one had a different director, but you have the same writers. So it's definitely like the same feel. Like it doesn't feel like, well, this is out of nowhere. I mean, it's definitely in that same universe. The same cast, obviously, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, it, it's some story. I mean, this guy, they're calling it the keanu Sans, like the renaissance of Keanu Reeves, where for, for many years, he was just doing junk, straight to video, garbage. And then he put out John Wick and, you know, they're now on John Wick 3 and it's a huge franchise and he's doing another Matrix and he did this Bill and Ted. And I, I feel like this is kind of the rebirth. He was in the last Toy Story. So whereas this guy was kind of on the has-been route, like yeah. in the last few years, like this, he's it. Like Keanu is the man and I've always enjoyed him and I grew up on his movies and I always defended him. You know, he, he's he's goofy and people don't think he's the greatest actor, but I love the guy and I think it's neat to see him kind of make this big comeback. So definitely if you've liked the other ones and you like him, it's it's a good 90 minute sit. Um, I have a fun fact about Keanu Reeves. So my ex-boyfriend, Sebastian Azra, who your wife knows, um, Keanu Reeves was the goalie on his hockey team. Oh. So we had to hang out with them for quite some time. And that was back when he was doing Ma Matrix, right? Matrix? So I heard it's like popular. super cool. Like people, super I mean, cool. I, yeah, that's, it's, and it's funny because he actually played a goalie in one of my favorite sports movies called Youngblood. It was Rob oh. Lowe, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> And Keanu Reeves in the oh. 80s, one of his first movies. So I guess he's a hockey guy. But I heard he's just like a sweetheart, great guy. Everybody loves him. And that's neat to hear. He is. Rest in peace, Patrick. Love you, dude. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Well, good. Um, my husband's a Ted, Bill and Ted adventure guy. So I'm, you know, like loved that back in the day. So I'm going to circle back with him and tell him to watch it. But um, yeah. very cool. 
good, great share. Thank you. And you have something for me? I do. I do. So my pick of the week is trying to stay in the comedy was why not watch a straight stand-up comedy with Amy Schumer um, called Growing. And so it was one hour, okay? It's, you know, it's perfect for women who are either pregnant or have been pregnant and can just appreciate the raunchy humor of somebody who is pregnant. And that's what it was about. And so was I belly laughing on the ground, tears falling? No. Was I entertained? I guess, you know, did my to-do list download a smidger? It did. So it wasn't hit out of the park. And I mean, I love to belly laugh when I'm watching comedy. By the way, if anybody wants a belly laugh comedy, I was crying. I was like six jokes behind, still laughing, crying. And it's funny because I was not a big Jerry Seinfeld fan. I just didn't watch it growing up. That wasn't my show of choice. But Seinfeld Live in Vegas, Oh, that's cool. I was going to ask if you are a fan of like, you know, stand up or these stand up specials and total I, fan. So I grew up I on the Eddie Murphy, the Richard Pryor, but that's cool to hear Seinfeld. You know, well, Seinfeld live in comedy, but I never watched his show. So I didn't really have a connection to him. You know what I mean? I mean, the guy depicts like the teeniest things and then obsesses about it. And he's absolutely right and hysterical. So that to me was just totally funny. Like I said, I mean, with nothing else on the TV. If I watched a Seinfeld episode, it was rare. However, I love stand-up comedy. Like if I'm out of town, I'm finding comedy somewhere. And by the way, listeners, if you know a really great comedian somewhere, I mean, I will travel to go see it. I love a good comedian. You know who's also funny is Brad Williams. He's a midget. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. He, uh, funniest, I think, funniest. I think Belly he used to call into K-Rock. So being in LA, I'm a big Kevin and Bean fan, and I think he was he was on the show, and he would call in, and he funny. was funny, so yeah. funny, funny, yeah. funny. Because anybody, you know, making fun of themselves, who's a midget, and just the way, <laughs> I mean, belly laughing and crying. So was I doing that here? I wasn't. I'm proud of Amy though. She's got like this whole vibe going about the process of being pregnant and her family, and like, you know, just getting her world together with the new person coming in. She did um, another documentary called um, Expecting Amy. So I guess that one's on HBO. I might give that one a whirl. My friend Carla said it was awesome. But yeah, so I threw in a, a straight up comedy. I mean, maybe I should have done like a Joe Rogan or uh, Chappelle or, you know, Kevin Hart or, you know, bringing back some of those uh, Chris Rock those guys, oh man, hilarious. But I kind of really want to start with some, I wanted to select someone this week I haven't really watched and seen a lot of, so. Cool, and speaking of Amy, actually when we talk about romantic comedy, she did one with Judd Apatow, who I mentioned earlier, who did 40 Year Old Virgin and Knocked Up called Trainwreck a few years ago. And that was a really good one. And so I really only know her from that. She's done some roasts, but if you haven't seen Trainwreck, it's really good and that would definitely fall in the rom-com category that's from a few years ago um lebron james is actually a co-star and he's fantastic in it so any, any basketball fans that want to see um lebron act with amy schumer in a comedy it's pretty good oh my god i gotta see that that's funny i've someone told me about it a while ago and it just fell off my radar but i'm glad you brought that back up because that's a good nugget all right ryan so we're gonna give the scores let's start with 
Lovebirds out of 10. 10 is a perfect score. Like, run out and watch it now. What'd you give them? You know what? I'm giving it a five. Um, I don't know. Maybe this is a little generous for this. But again, it was a quick, easy sit for me. I giggled. I like the main guy a lot. I'm going five. What about you? Very nice of you. I even thought my four was generous, Ryan. I'm going with a four. And I'm telling you, it's a stretch. Part of me is hovering over a two and a half, possibly a three. And then I thought, you know what? Regardless of its kind of brainless thing, um, there were some parts. So the parts won me out of four. Okay, what'd you give Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? I gave Bill and Ted a solid seven. Um, again, it's not life-changing, but considering they made this 29 years later and it kept the consistency and it feels like a Bill and Ted movie. It's not just like a do-over. It's not a rehash. Like it's an actual legitimate sequel and it's good. It's fun. It's not amazing, but I really liked it. And I really liked the message, which is be good to each other and party on dude. And I feel like that's what we need right now. Like it's such a sweet, positive, goofy, fun, but great message. Let's all get along, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and a uh, great message, though. You know, you got a point. Very cool. All and right. Given the Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer gets a big whopping six, because the six goes out like a little pregnant belly. But in addition, I feel like, look, there's definitely funny parts. Again, if you were pregnant, been pregnant, trying to get it, want to be, whatever, you gotta watch this. Just beware, there's some raunchy parts in there. So if you like raunchy comedy, um, you're definitely gonna love it. But I gave it a six. I gave it a six, you know, solid above average, but uh, you know, kind of, I don't know that I'd watch it again. Sure. Yeah. Next week, it looks like we're diving into sports because, you know, sports are happening. Yeah, and I think it was really fun last week when we did our top five, you know, school movies. Um, lists are fun. People like lists. So diving in and talking about some of our favorite sports movies right now, the NBA finals or playoffs are going on rather. Baseball's back. Football's back next week. So a, a real good time to kind of dredge up some of those old sports classics. Yeah, can't wait to do that. And I'll see you back next week. You guys, thanks for listening, chiming in and sharing this podcast with others. We do appreciate it. Stay tuned for our next Crown and Coogler next week. See ya.